Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. I've always been a practicing skeptic, but there have been some situations, you know, for which I hold no explanation, and you find out only later you're not as smart as you thought you were. In the spring of 1977, I was having great luck. I was working as an actor in New York City. The love affair of, of my uh, life in that year was with my cat. I had the coolest cat on the planet. His name was Mortis. He was a huge male orange tabby. He had shoulders like a linebacker, and his head was like a melon. He loved to be held. He was extremely affectionate. He purred like a, a Camaro engine. This cat was the best friend I had. One day, it was very hot, and I uh, came home between shows, and uh, Mortis was gone. I go through the whole apartment. And I can't find him. And I'm in the kitchen, and I realized the window was open. So I thought he must have gotten out on the fire escape. You know, and I was so upset. So I started canvassing the neighborhood, hitting the buzzers. And I spoke to my landlady, Mrs. Silenanti. She said, I'll ask around, I'll ask around, don't worry, we'll find the cat. Weeks went by and Mortis did not come back. I was upset. This cat was my roommate and he was my brother. You fantasize that some nice old lady has picked your cat up and he's going to have a, a lovely old life. But I'd given up on ever seeing him again. Now, two to three weeks later, I woke up around 11.30 on a Monday morning in a very bad state, terrible, terrible headache. And I was very nauseous. But I had a ritual. You couldn't wake up without that cup of coffee and lighting up your first cigarette. And I took a match out of the box. I got up and walked into the kitchen area with a cigarette in my hand. And I took a match out of the box. I was about to light up this cigarette and my day will begin to take shape. Suddenly I heard meowing and I looked and saw uh, Mortis. Mortis. There's my cat. He's looking at me and he's, he's meowing, calling to me. Mortis. I was so excited. I was so excited. So I put my cigarette and matches down. I didn't light up. 
Mortis. Suddenly, the front door to the apartment opened up. And there's firemen, and they're going like this to me. And he says, come down to the ground level. I can't fathom for the life of me what's going on. So I go to get Mortis. But he was nowhere to be found. And I come out to the front, and it's pandemonium out there. My neighbor, uh, Mr. Augaretto, Augie, is on a stretcher with the oxygen mask on his face. I'm freaking out. One of the paramedics started checking my eyes and doing the whole thing. And I said, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I didn't feel fine, but I didn't want anybody to think there was anything wrong with me. I was upset because I was sure that um, my cat had been in, in the building. And I reached into my pocket and pulled out a cigarette. Mrs. Silenanti was there, she came running over. She smacks my hand and says, put that down. She said, there's a gas leak. Do you understand there's a gas leak here? And if you light up a cigarette here, you're going to blow up the building. I said, oh, my God. Eventually, I got back into that building. And I can't find Mortis. I got back into the apartment. And the next day... Mrs. Silenanti knocks on my door and she said, I think I know where your cat is. My friend Lena called. She saw your cat get hit by a car. And she called the pet hospital and they took him away. So I went out to the pet hospital and I got in there and I described my cat that had been hit by a car yesterday. And a young man said, yeah, I'm so sorry. We had your cat in here early yesterday morning, but he had some pretty serious internal injuries. And he said between 9, 9.15 uh, a.m. he had died. I was uh, just kind of reeling in disbelief. What a devastating loss. That night, I realized the significance of what the hospital staff had shared with me that he was gone from this world at 9.30 on, on that Monday morning. I hadn't even gotten out of bed till 11, you know, 11, 11.30. So he was gone when I saw him. You see, he had died. It sounds kind of corny. But I, I kind of think he hung around the planet just a little bit longer because I was going to light my cigarette and my kitchen would have exploded and I would have exploded inside of it. I know what I saw and I will never doubt that th this spirit, this animal, Mortis, my cat, my buddy, saved my life. No one will ever be able to convince me of uh, anything else.
Hi, this is Deborah LeBlanc, author of Witch's Fury, and you're listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, November 28th, 2022, episode 285. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, as always, always glad to be back in the hot seat. And I hope everyone here in the States who are listening had a great turkey day. On myself, you know, it's another day for me. But it's always good to see friends and family. Yeah, lots of food, lots of pie, lots of cake. (laughs) And with that, let's just go to some announcements. Uh, Tomorrow, which is Tuesday... Uh, a new episode of Aaron's Heart Show will be coming out. And then this Wednesday, there will not be a new episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas. He's taking the week off. So we'll see him next week. And of course, as usual, this Friday, two new entertaining short films will be released. And if you guys are wondering what happened to the new show, Hoodoo Lounge Radio, they're currently producing more shows. So we'll see them back in the future. Other than that, yeah. You know, let's get the show on the road. We're going to do more listener stories. We're putting a huge dent in the backlog, which is good. Some of you guys have been waiting for a while to have your stories read. So let's get going, and you guys know what that means. Oh, yeah. Come on. Say it with me. Say it with me. That's right. To the story den. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving, and the fires are blazing. Nice and toasty in here. And you guys know the deal. Grab a beanbag over there in the corner. Find an empty spot on the floor. And as usual, I'm going to get behind my desk here all right well you guys are getting settled i printed off brit's packet let's see what story she sent us all right wow we got two long ones and a medium one all right let me take a sip of my green tea real quick Mm -hmm. oh man so good when it hits the lips all right the first one This one is by Pudding, and it's titled, The Room. Okay, Pudding, let's see what you got, man. A long time ago, when I was about 12 years old, I went to New Jersey to spend the summer with family. I have a huge family, and our roots are deep, and spirits was always a conversation that I grew up hearing about. A lot of the members of my family also can see them, and some claim they can communicate with them. So, here's the story. My cousins are three girls and a boy. The three girls shared a room, and the oldest girl was around 16 during this time. And my boy cousin, we'll call him D, had his own room, and he was around 14 at this time. They lived in an apartment, and you had to go past my boy cousin's room to get to their room. As I was staying there, I began to notice that every time they would go to their room, they would run past D's room. And so one day I asked, how come you guys run past D's room each time? They both looked at me and said, there's a man in his room. I said, what do you mean? They said that if you go past his room, sometimes you can see feet and legs near the door to his room, and that's why they run past it. Again, this wasn't necessarily that frightening to me, or shocking, because I grew up hearing stories of spirits all the time. One day, we were at their neighborhood pool, and I forgot my towel. 
I didn't get in the water yet, so I decided just to run back to the house real quick and get it before I got in. My cousin D was outside with some of his friends and saw me go in the house, and of course, no one was home because my aunt and uncle were at work and my older girl cousin was also not home. So I went in and was walking past Dee's room to get to the girl's room and get my towel. And as I was walking, I had to step back slowly because I saw something out of the corner of my eye. When I did, I saw these huge feet and on the feet were male dress shoes. And as I looked up slowly, you could see pants. I immediately began to feel goosebumps and all the hairs on the back of my neck rise up. I ran out of the house and was now outside and my cousin stopped me and asked me what was wrong. I couldn't even explain to him what it was and also he was in front of all his friends. So when I got back to the pool I immediately went up to my cousins and told them what I saw and they said, see? That night Dee came and slept on the floor in the room with us. I still wonder about that to this day because that was the weirdest thing I have ever saw and I wonder if I would have kept looking up. Would I have seen a face or not? Thank you for reading. And that's from Pudding. Pudding. Oh man, loved it. Thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, you know, I was wondering about that uh, because well, what I was wondering about is I wonder, I thought the door was closed and you know, some doors in some of these older houses uh, there's a, quite a bit of a gap at the bottom of the door and you know where the floor is so sometimes the doors are what I call little short and you can pretty much see right into the room if you get down on your hands and knees I've seen those types of doors before but it sounds like um, it's open and you know this last instance when you first saw it you said that uh, you know you wondered if you kept on looking up you know past the pants if you would have seen you know who it was a face of sorts so that's interesting i you know i wonder with your cousins have they i think you probably would have mentioned it or i wonder if you spoke to them but i wonder throughout the years it sounds like this is an ongoing thing that sooner or later one of them would have looked up right instead of just stare at the shoes at the feet but hey what i know yeah when you're that little you're young you probably take a glimpse and just get the hell out of there <laughs> that's what i would have done all right. Thank you very much, Pudding. Loved it. All right. What's next? What do we got here? This one is by Tony, and it's titled Strange Ouija Experience. Okay, Tony. So what you got, man? This story takes place in southeastern Virginia, about 2005 or thereabouts, and is one of the many unexplainable events that myself and others have witnessed in the home during the 40 years that I lived there. The house itself is a beautiful three-story colonial in a historic district. It was built in the early 1900s and served as the home and office of a prominent local doctor from the 1920s until his death in the 1960s. There is still a bedroom on the second floor with a sink on one wall where he kept very ill patients, I suppose. There have been numerous deaths in the house, including the doctor himself and my grandfather. Let me start by saying that I am pretty skeptical when it comes to so-called paranormal events and normally dismiss such things as coincidence. However, some are simply too strange to scientifically and rationally explain or chalk up to coincidence. If this event is a coincidence, 
That's a very strange one indeed. I have a friend that I shall call T, that I have known since the age of five, I am 42 as I write this, who lived three houses down the street from my girlfriend, who I will call A, and I at the time. His wife, H, practiced some kind of obscure white witchcraft type occultism and strange occurrences would seem to follow her. One example being that our front doorbell, which had not even been working or even connected to wiring for years, would sometimes ring, and 10 or 15 minutes later she would knock on the front door to come for a visit. They came to visit my girlfriend and I one evening with their teenage son, Jay, and his girlfriend, M, in tow. He brought a Ouija board with him, hoping we'd be interested in doing a session. Everyone took part except myself. I thought it was silly. The lamps were turned off and candles were lit. I read by the candlelight as they did their Ouija thing. I could hear the questions being asked of the board and they seemed to believe they had made contact with something after several minutes. That's stupid, I thought. H asked whatever they seemed to have contacted. Do you know T? The planchette slowly moved to no. I was half reading and half watching in a sort of amused way. The, do you know so-and-so? Questions went around the circle, each time with the planchette slowly moving to no, until H asked, do you know my name? The planchette quickly slid to yes. I chuckled to myself, thinking, nice try, H, but I'm not even playing the silly Ouija game. H then asked, what is your name? I heard them saying the letters O, Y, A, M, A, three times in fairly rapid succession. At this point, H said, let's put it up, it's just spelling nonsense. A memory rushed into my head and I said, wait, did it just spell Oyama? Everyone answered yes. I was confused. My great-grandfather's name was Oyama. He was a Creek Indian. No one, not even my girlfriend, could possibly have known I had an ancestor named Oyama, since I hadn't thought of that name in many years and had forgotten myself. I had certainly not mentioned it to anyone at that time, even years ago. Odd, since I wasn't even playing, and that it is such an unusual name that it would be impossible to guess. I even dug up some family records with our tribal roll numbers and ancestry on them and showed everyone present. There was no way any of them could have known. If that was a random coincidence, which I believe it to be, it's a damn strange one. Thank you for reading. And man, that was from Tony Tony. Thank you very much for uh, sharing. That's a great story. Yeah, you know, I, I get the whole Ouija thing, and it's good that you're skeptical. And But every once in a while, like you said, uh, something odd just happens like this. Especially with the Oyama name. Hmm, interesting stuff. You know, one thing about the Ouija board that, you know, it's a spirit board, Ouija again, it's just a brand name. You can make a Ouija board out of anything, really. A piece of paper, shot glass, take a pen out. You know, it's just a tool to help whatever, try to communicate with you. But I always wondered a good experiment to do, and some of you guys might get mad at this, but hey, it's legit, I think, is um, 
blindfold the people that are participating, okay? You blindfold them, they all have their fingers, tips of their fingers on a planchette. And then you have one person that stands by, just a bystander, and doesn't say anything, has a little notebook and a pen. And let it go. Let them start answering, or not answering, but asking questions. And the observer writes down where that planchette goes and see if it spells out anything or actually answers any of their questions. And, you know, I think you're probably going to get a lot of gibberish. Um, just because, you know, people with their eyes open, they're looking at the board and, you know, there's a lot of influence there. So blindfold them and see what happens because the whole idea is if there is a spirit contacted, uh, that spirit will use, you know, those bodies to move the planchette to answer the questions. That's the whole idea. So, yeah, it'll be interesting if uh, you blindfold some people. Try it. See what happens. All right, Tony. Hey, thank you very much for sharing. That's an interesting story. All right. What's next? Oh, before we read the next one, uh, just a friendly reminder to you new guys out there, if you have a story you want to share, something odd, maybe not paranormal, but you're still thinking about it, or if you have a paranormal experience, just send it to me, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'll read it off on a future episode. And okay, let's get going. What's next? What do we got? This one is by Ravish, and it's titled Apartment Number 216. Okay, Ravish, let's see what you got, man. I lived with my family in a beautiful apartment complex in Silver Springs, Maryland, from 2000 to 2003. During our stay there, we encountered quite a few strange incidents that I'm sharing to RPA. It all started about a month after we moved in. I was 17 and my sister was 11. I saw my family deity in my dreams. She said there was something in my apartment, but I need not be scared and that she will sort it out. I am from India and we believe that each family has a guardian angel or family deity that keeps you safe. I made no mention to this to anyone. Then about three days later, I was in the shower when I heard a loud scream. It turned out that my younger sister who was in the kitchen was pushed by some unseen entity with such force that she fell onto the ground amidst sobs. She said she could clearly feel five fingers on her back pushing her. Then such incidents became more frequent such as once a battery operated dog started to function on its own and ditto for a battery operated toy piano. Once I was organizing my closet while listening to music on the stereo system. I could literally see the volume increasing until the display said max. I couldn't figure it out how it happened. Anyway, we chalked up the electronic occurrences to some crazy frequency thing and ignored it. But then, pills would disappear with the boxes. And then we would find them under the bed right in the middle. One night I was using the computer when I felt a presence behind me at the door. The computer was near the window and the layout of the room was such that if you sat at the computer, your back would face the door to the room. Right next to the door, inside the room, was a lamp. So I felt this presence at the door and I turned around to see the lamp shaking a bit as though someone just casually walked by it and touched it. I was alone at that time and all the windows shut so there's no chance of wind causing the movement. 
And so the next thing I did was open this walk-in closet that was there in the room, which doubled up as our prayer room. We are Hindus and so idol worshippers. What happened next gives me goosebumps. I quietly opened the prayer room and got back to my PC. The next thing I know, the bulb on that lamp blows out. Luckily, I had other lamps on, but it was creepy nonetheless. I left the PC as is and walked into the prayer room and stayed there until my family returned. Then, one day, my sister and I were on the couch watching something on TV. She was drinking Pepsi and I had orange juice with me. When something happened and the cable went off, we thought it was a loose connection. That used to happen at times. So, Sis and I tried to fix it. We left our glasses on the center table and walked up to the TV and fixed it. When we came back to our seats, the orange juice was in the Pepsi glass. Uh, both drinks mixed up and trust me, we were both sure we hadn't done that. The last incident which caused me to share my dream with my parents and have the house blessed was this. I'm an avid reader and I read for about half an hour at least every night before sleeping. At that time I was sharing a room with my sis. She was asleep already and I was reading something when my bedside lamp just shut off on its own. I initially thought the bulb fused, but no. All I had to do was turn it on and poof, it worked. It was as though someone had turned off the lamp. Actually, I even heard a click, but I thought I was imagining things. Anyway, I turned the lamp back on and began to read. When the bulb made a loud noise and fused, Needless to say, I closed my book and disappeared under my covers. But it's not over yet. Now comes the scarier part. I wake up at around 2 or 4 a.m. to find every single lamp in the bedroom turned on, except my reading lamp. And my bedroom had four to five lamps. I used the bathroom, came back, turned them off, and went off to sleep. The next morning, my mom asked me why I kept all the lamps on all night. We girls never latched the door to our rooms in that apartment. I told her I hadn't, and even though I found them turned on, I had turned them off about 4 a.m. But my mom woke up around 7 a.m. and had found all the lamps on. And finally, we decided to consult our family astrologer in India, who confirmed there was an entity in the apartment. He said the entity won't go anywhere because it was existing there even before us. And nevertheless, he performed a prayer, cleansing ritual, and gave my sister and me a talisman to wear, which kept us safe during our stay there. Other than these few incidents, we love the place and the apartment. Thank you for reading. And that's from Ravish. Ravish, great story, loved it. Um, I don't know about you, but after the push in the kitchen for your younger sister I would have did something right away <laughs> that seems a little extreme as far as you know the the lamps on and off bulbs burning out you know the battery operated toys turning on once in a while stereo volume going up yeah sometimes you could just think that it's just uh, whatever's happening trying to get your attention but yeah the push thing that's a red flag for me but it looks like uh, you guys did okay after that 
And uh, perhaps uh, your consultant from India had something to do with that. Who knows? Yeah, thank you for sharing. Great story. And that is it, guys. That's all the stories from uh, Bridge Packet. As always, we are flattered that you guys come to RPA or the network. Uh, glad you're finding something that you uh, enjoy. And looks like the entertaining short films on Fridays are a big hit with you guys. So I'm glad we're doing something right. <laughs> And as always, if you guys don't know, especially you new guys, we're on 30-plus different platforms such as you know Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, that sort of thing. So if you're at work or you're listening to music on your phone but you want to get your spook on, just do a search for us, Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast network, and add us to your favorites and you know listen to some ghost stories while you're on the go or in the office. And with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britt, and it's also made possible by LaFosse Corporation, and man, we love you. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you, and...